This story is brought to your ears by all our fantastic supporters on Patreon. To get in on the action yourself with bloopers, extras, and the occasional early story, join us at patreon.com slash voiceofallmtg. For more stories, or just a chat, visit voiceofallmtg.com or find us on Twitter at voiceofallmtg. And now, Voice of All presents The Saga of Tybalt. Episode 3 of Kaldheim by Roy Graham and Jenna Helland. Ah, the smell of bubbling tar. The warm kiss of volcanic ruptures. After all this time spent toiling in the frozen corners of this accursed plain, it reminds me of home. If only every branch along this damnable world tree could be more like Immersturm. If you ask me, all of Kaldheim could be improved with a touch more fire, a dash of anarchy, which, if I've done my job right, is exactly where it's all heading. Yes, there's no doubt in my mind that all this plotting, these months of hard work, will come together nicely. But, I must admit, there is one thing which keeps me up at night. What if, as the world burns around them, nobody knows who lit the match? This plane is lousy with storytellers. Listen long enough and all their tales blend together. They love to repeat the same drivel about good and evil, heroes and villains, right and wrong. Let's give them something fresh. A story to remember. The last saga of Kaldheim. And I promise, it's got an ending to die for. The saga begins with a planeswalker named Tybalt. Not only was he powerful and brilliant, but he was also despised by most everyone he met on account of his many gifts. Not that it bothered him. However, on account of his many jealous enemies, Tybalt traveled often from place to place and never stayed on one plane for too long. This is the story of how he came to Kaldheim and how he met the horrible beast. See, this horrible beast had heard about Tybalt's many talents and desperately needed his help. The beast knew that a handsome and powerful planeswalker such as Tybalt would never stoop to helping a hideous, stupid monster unless his hand was forced. So, the horrible beast snuck up on him one day and stuck Tybalt with a nasty, tricky sort of poison. He called this poison a seed, and the only way the horrible beast would remove it was if Tybalt caused a distraction on his behalf. What the monster didn't realize was that Tybalt had already been planning to stir up trouble in Kaldheim. So, while the wise and mighty planeswalker agreed to the horrible beast's terms, he was really only doing what he had meant to do anyway. First, Tybalt needed a disguise. Nobody would listen to some newcomer, after all. With Tybalt's vast reservoir of cunning, it was easy enough to find Volky. It happened that this god of lies, this prince of tricksters, was foolish enough to get lied to and tricked himself. How about that? 
Tybalt wrapped Volki in magical chains and brought him to the coldest, most remote realm he could find, Carfell. There was this frozen mummy of a king there who Tybalt had worked out a deal with. So long as Volki stayed deep in the dungeon of this King Narfi's glacial palace, Narfi and his dread Marn, that's what this king called the walking stiffs making up his army, could have the first pick of treasure when the Doomscar started. And oh, what a Doomscar it would be! Never had Tybalt seen a greedy or more gold-crazed bunch of zombies. The denizens of the other realms he knew would need a bit more convincing before they were willing to march to war. The next step in Tybalt's masterful plan was to suit up in his new disguise as Volki and visit Cole, the Forge Master. Cole was one of the dwarves, that metal-brained, oblivious species of blacksmiths. And it just so happened that Cole was the greatest of them all, for whatever that was worth. He was the only one who could work with Tyrite, the hardened sap of the World Tree, which had all sorts of interesting properties. Cole was making a sword out of the stuff, a blade which could open paths between all the realms of Kaldheim. It was supposed to be for Holvar, the god of battle. Every plane has one of those dumb brutes, you know. But the thing was, Tybalt needed it. Crossing between the realms was a real pain otherwise, and he had a lot of work to do up and down the world tree. Cole was awfully stubborn about handing it over to Volki, something about Holvar saving him from a giant wolf, and Volki being the god of lies, so... Tybalt did the realm a favor and pushed the obnoxious dwarf right into his own forge. Tybalt took his act to Skemfar, home of the elves, and sought an audience with their king. King Harald, son of Hraldir, the very same elf who had united the warring clans of Wood and Shadow, was known across the realm as a wise and steadfast leader. He was known to Tybalt, though, as a proud and paranoid fool who believed the elves should be in charge of every last twig in Kaldheim. And hatred and mistrust of the Scotty, the gods of Kaldheim, had long ago settled into the bones of every elf in Skemfar. Oh, if you could have seen the royal court that day, the lies that clever Tybalt wove, the dark cloud that settled over Harald as he heard of all the terrible things the gods had planned for his people, too terrible for the mischievous Volki to stand by. The only choice, if the elves were to survive, was clear. Strike first. In Sirtland, Tybalt warned the frost giants of an incursion of Torga trolls, awakened from their long slumber. In Bretagard, he promised the vicious Skele clan the return of their demon master, Varagoth. All across the realms of Kaldheim, Tybalt sowed the seeds of war and chaos. But what of Starnheim? The Valkyries, well, they presented a problem, even to cunning Tybalt. They were duty-bound creatures, separate from the politics that controlled the other realms. They cared not for gold or power. And they feared no other mortal force in Kaldheim. What could a dedicated trickster do with such rigid, inflexible souls? We pause the saga for a moment to recount a saying common throughout the multiverse. The branch that doesn't bend... breaks. 
Tybalt may have been both brilliant and powerful, but he wasn't strong enough to take on every shepherd and reaper in the halls of Starnheim. There was a being, though, that could. Coma, he was called. The Cosmos Serpent. First and oldest of the monsters birthed from the World Tree. Long ago, the Scotty had banished Coma from entering the realms, trapping him in the empty cosmos. For eons, his restlessness grew, his hunger went unsated, and his thirst for destruction unquenched. Tybalt pitied the poor snake, he really did. So, with the Sword of the Realms, he cut open a doorway to the home of the Valkyries, where the Cosmos Serpent could make up for lost time. Now, Tybalt was no great believer in swords. His faith laid with knives, with hooks, with hellfire and brimstone. But even Tybalt had to admit that the Sword of the Realms had proven very useful. He had crossed the cosmos with it time and again. He had used it to unleash Coma on the Valkyries of Starnheim. Now, he was using it for a far more humble task, though one just as important. He was leaving a trail, dragging the tip through the black basalt surface of Immersturm. It was important, after all, that the Planeswalker follow him here. The end of the saga isn't written yet, but let me jump ahead and tell you how it ends. Tybalt kills the Planeswalker. The last thing she sees as the life drains from her eyes is Kaldheim burning. All the realms, together at last, in one great and glorious conflagration! <laughs> Thank you for listening to this production of Voice of All. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you not just for the voices of the characters, but also to keep us going and growing. If you enjoyed what you heard, please support us by reviewing and following us on your favorite podcast apps or YouTube, or just plain sharing with your friends. You can also support us financially on Patreon for exclusive perks. The Saga of Tybalt was written by Roy Graham and Jenna Helland. The podcast was produced and edited by Gendo Okeshi, with sound editing by Noxshade. Voice of All is unofficial fan content, permitted under the Wizards of the Coast fan content policy. Magic Gathering is copyright, Wizards of the Coast. Thanks so much for listening. Y'all have a great day. <laughs>